Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with Kiki Protzman, the author of My First Coding Book, an interactive children's book that introduces the basics of computer programming. The book was first published in the summer by DK, which is sponsoring this podcast. Kiki Protzman is the Curriculum Development Manager at Code.org and a former computer science instructor at the University of Oregon. In addition to creating My First Coding Book, she's also written a foreword to another new coding book from DK, Star Wars Coding Projects. Uh, Kiki, thanks for speaking with me. Thanks for having me. So as I mentioned, uh, you work for an organization called Code.org. Can you explain a little about what this uh, nonprofit is involved in doing and what your role is there? Yeah, absolutely. Code.org is an organization that was developed to make sure that every student has the chance to study computer science. Before we came along, there wasn't much computer science in the K-12 system, uh, and certainly not at the elementary school level. We believe that when you start students young, start them in elementary school, you get greater diversity and more confidence as students go through the rest of the school system. So Our main goal is to give students that opportunity as part of the school day, not just after school where it's kind of optional or only for students who can afford it or recognize that the opportunity is there. So I am a curriculum development manager there, and I focus on early elementary, so kindergarten through fifth grade, and uh, I've been developing their curriculum, their courses for those ages for a few years now. And were you yourself someone who kind of came to coding or um, interacted with it or was exposed to it uh, early on? I was, yeah. My dad actually brought me into it when I was homesick from school one day. Uh, He gave me a book on basic and I read it and started coding. And by the end of the day, I made a program that said, uh, based on your hair color and eye color, which member of my family you were. Hmm. And I thought it was so cool that it just kind of got me hooked and... I I kept going from there. Yeah, my, I think my first and last uh, experiences coding was some sort of MS-DOS things that I would you know, painstakingly type out of like a you know magazine and then run these little word-based games. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's come a long way since then. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely has. So how did this book uh, come about? Was, was this something you were approached about? Something you've been thinking about for a while? Well, I had been thinking about the idea of teaching computer science without a computer for a very long time. In fact, my nonprofit, Thinkersmith, Uh, was kind of based off of that idea, introducing children to concepts, using things that they could do in their everyday life, uh, games, arts, crafts. And then that stuff bled into my work at code.org. So when DK approached me about this uh, flap book, I just thought it was a natural fit. I was very excited and we were able to work together to make something that really realized the idea of what students can do and what they can learn without even having access to hardware. And yeah, we we definitely should talk about the the format of the book. You know, it's essentially a large kind of large format board book with a lot of flaps that kids can lift and sliding tabs and other interactive components. It sounds like that idea was there from the start, is that right? Yeah, it was. It's very colorful and very approachable and DK knew the types of things that they wanted to get across. And it was very refreshing to have kind of um, larger media outlets who are really in touch with their audience say, hey, I think kids are ready for this. It was like a validation of all of the stuff I'd been working on. 
And do you think there is something about the, the interactivity of this book, you know, the way that kids can lift the flaps to sort of uncover certain processes or discover where bugs in a, an algorithm might be? Is there something about that interactivity that you think really lends itself well to the way that coding itself works as a process? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's very rare in a book that students come out the other side and go, I did that because they're reading. And so therefore everything was, was already there. Right. But when you have something like, like this flat book, it's almost sort of a mini choose your own adventure in coding. So you go through and if you choose a flap incorrectly, then you know, you have another chance to get it right. There's only so many options. It can't be too overwhelming. And on the other hand, when you do finally get it right, that was your choice. You made that choice to lift that flap to see if it was correct. And so you can feel like I did that. I got this right. And I think that's something that this lends itself to in a very unique way. And, um, you know, how involved were you in sort of figuring out what, what's the right interactive way we can demonstrate this concept or that concept? Was that something you were working on with an editor? How, how did those ideas kind of take shape? Yeah, I did work on it with an, an editor. Sam Pretty was wonderful in this aspect. He He had a very clear vision of kind of what he wanted to see. And although I had the option to change or suggest as I wanted, the things they came forward with were already very, very good. And I think we probably only made a handful of changes, some because of the way they worked and others just because of the, you know, format specifications for the book and things. But, um, there, there were a small number of things that if presented a certain way in the book, they would be clearer, but when they grew into programming concepts later, they're technically incorrect. Or if a parent was a programmer, they wouldn't have been technically correct. So we had to navigate a few of those issues, try to figure out how do you actually translate the process of programming and coding into a flat book in an authentic and simple way. And it was harder than it sounds. <laughs> uh, do you feel like your experience uh, or your background creating those coding curriculums, um, was valuable or helpful when you were trying to approach a topic in a children's book form too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Being able to have an understanding of how a young student's mind works and which concepts are sticky for them really made it easier to kind of, uh, put stuff in a printed form where you can't change it easily. If, if it had been more of a guessing game and we had said, well, maybe kids will get this and then put it in the book we wouldn't have been nearly as confident coming down, out the other side. So it was it was good to kind of have that history to understand what types of things students would really gravitate toward and what types of things that they would find a little bit tricky. And, uh, you know, since this book is designed uh, to be a child's first introduction to coding, um, and you, you talked about this briefly, but what what were the sort of, what was the groundwork that, that you and your editor felt was important to lay? What What ideas did you want to be sure were included specifically? Oh yeah, there there are a couple of main ideas that we think are important for students to get in elementary school, and some of them they actually do. For example, sequencing uh, in elementary school, kids already need to go through and think about what comes first, what comes last, how do you put things in order, and this is an idea that's really really important in programming because order matters in a lot of instances. So we we try and get that one down very first so that students understand this idea that just having things out of order could affect how something happens. 
and uh, then debugging is a natural next, being able to look for an issue and solve it, fix that issue. That's something that uh, no programmer would ever get very good <laughs> if they didn't have the ability to find and fix bugs. Uh, after that, we start working towards things that kind of make problem solving easier. Um, there's a little bit of computational thinking stuff in there, kind of the breaking down problems and looking for patterns. Those are really, really big uh, skills when it comes to problem solving for students. And, and computer science is full of problem solving. In fact, that's basically what it is. It's problem solving using a computer. And then we do things like loops and we even touch on variables, which is really interesting how we do that in this book because variables are by nature something that varies, something that changes. And when you have something printed, it's really hard to get across the idea that it changes. So we actually have a spinny wheel where students can keep track of the value of their variable in this book. And, you know, as you mentioned, uh, at no point do kids actually need to hop on a computer to, to use the book. When looking at the scope of the book and the audience, was that really an important detail that you want to make sure that everything in here was really just about laying that groundwork and not about, hey, let's go try something with Scratch or something like that? Yeah, I really did. I mean, I, I've done several books where you need to... Uh, I have some in the work so, where you need to have a, a computer as well. And in our curriculum at code.org, you need to have a computer as well. But I personally feel that it's really important that students understand that these concepts are things that are uh, part of their entire life. It's not just, oh, I'm going to be a computer scientist, so I need to learn these things. I want them to see that these are things that really present themselves authentically everywhere. And in order to do that, you just show them examples of things in real life. If, if every situation has to be taken to a computer in order to illustrate how it might happen, then students who don't have access to a computer or who don't intend to work on computers when they grow up, think it doesn't relate to them. And that's just not, it's just not the way things are. <laughs> And what do you think are some of the, the misconceptions out there about computer coding, either among kids or maybe adults too, that maybe is keeping them, you know, keeping them from sort of exploring it uh, more readily? I think the biggest one is that people think it's boring. So a lot of people think that you're just sitting alone in the dark on your computer, uh, typing away and that that's, that's all it is. And in reality, it, it's not, I, I like to compare it to, I don't know, it's, it's like poetry that does something. So good computer science, you are building beautiful words, you're creating visuals and pictures and interfaces. And, and then at the end of the day, your, your poetry and your art, they have a purpose, they make something happen. And it's really a very complete way of getting out your, your passions and your thoughts and your feelings. And I don't think most people realize that. I think that it, it seems like it's something that the media portrays as a bunch of geeks kind of hacking away, trying to uh, save the day at the last minute or spoil the day at the last minute. And in reality, it, it's so much more than that. It is something you can do just for fun. Uh, and then another one is that it's extremely difficult or you can't do it if you aren't very good at math and and math certainly does help in a lot of respects but not every angle of computer science requires deep knowledge of math 
uh, as, as far as thinking that it's hard, it is hard. <laughs> it, it's very hard, I guess, for the average person who didn't grow up learning it because it requires a lot of skills that we don't get in kind of a average school day right now. But, um, the school, the skills that it requires are things like problem solving and pattern matching and trying again, persistence, the ability to come back once you failed, once you failed twice, once you failed a hundred times to be able to come back and keep trying and not let that affect your opinion of who you think you are or how good you think you are at something. Um, if you know, because you're a programmer that you're going to fail a hundred times today and that's expected, or that you can congratulate yourself for failing 175 times and then finally getting something that's yes, that's a hard day. But once you're used to that, once that's your new normal, then everything else in life gets so much easier. It's great. And going back to your, uh, your first point, I no- noticed early on in the book, you do describe uh, coding as an art and comparing it to painting or playing music. And it really seems like that's something that might challenge people's conception of uh, what coding can be. So I know you didn't illustrate this book, but uh, can you talk at all about how, you know, if at all you were involved in that and how the book visually tries to represent aspects of coding? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't illustrate this one. Um, I, graphic design is very important to me and colors, uh, simplicity, the, the things that draw a child's eye and, and trying to make sure that it's kind of an equal opportunity book, that it's not leaning more toward one gender or another, uh, was also very important. And, and fortunately, it, it, I mean, it's just beautifully illustrated and there were very few issues that came up along the way. Most of them just technical, um, the ordering of things or, or how something fit, but it, it really was, a uh, case of a team who all had the same end goal and we were very much in sync as it was being created. So I would say that, um, the process of getting things illustrated well went more smoothly than anybody could have predicted it would. And were there any, um, either moments in the book or, um, interactive elements that you were just really pleased with at the the end once it was, uh, finished? Yeah. Well, I, Mostly I was blown away by how well some of the the more difficult concepts are are illustrated. The debugging machine, for example, debugging and, and giving this idea that some things are right and some things are wrong. Those are very challenging things to put on paper, uh, especially in a static way. And uh, we also have this conditionals area. The conditionals area is very... Um, it, it almost follows a flow like a diagram and being able to get across this idea that if you do this, then something happens or else something else happens and get that all across with images in a flat book with the required text. That was, that was something I had my doubts about at one point, but it ended up coming together really, really nicely. And, uh, you know, the book has been out for a couple months now. Uh, what has the early response been like? Have you been hearing from readers at all? You know, I have. I, I think that I probably get a different perspective because I tend to only hear the positive things. The people who reach out to me uh, reach out because they love it. The people who put post things on social media, they post on social media because they love it. I think um, the reviews, the written reviews are are very nice. And I get lots of pictures of 
children with their parents sitting down and doing these and and a lot of comments that my my child sat down and played with this for 45 minutes straight and they're we're gonna do it again tomorrow it was amazing uh i heard one person say i i bought these for giveaways at my next workshop and i had them sitting on my kitchen counter and I came down the next morning and I heard giggling in the living room. And I, I was wondering what was what was going on. And I went over and I found them flipping through the pages. My The older daughter was reading it to the younger daughter and they were solving the problems together. And it, those kind of moments are, are the moments we really did this for. Um, I haven't heard anyone complain that it's too old for their child. Um, I have heard a few people express that it might be too young for their children, but in those cases, um, it, it's very much a situation where you look at it and you say, do they still enjoy it? And, um, sometimes little kids rebel against things they think are, are a little bit too young and maybe they feel they're ready to be on a machine and doing computer science and that's perfectly fine. But but I've seen some adults really enjoy it quite a bit too. So I think there's value in it for all ages. Great. And uh, you mentioned that you had some other projects you might be working on. Are there any um, children's books that you can talk about at this stage at all? I don't have any that I can officially talk about. Um, I think the Star Wars Coding Projects book is out. My book for teachers is out as well. And then there's this one, My First Coding Projects. The others are still in their development stage. And so it'll probably be next year before I'm allowed to talk about them. Very good. Well, you know, congratulations again on this book. And thanks again for speaking with me. Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me. Once again, I've been speaking with Kiki Protzman, whose My First Coding Book is available now from DK. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. Cast.